from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. I cannot tell who is my friend. I need distance between me and them. Gonna have to teach me how to love you again. God knows I'm trying. God knows I'm trying for you. It's the week of Friday, June 9th, 2017, and it's the podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by HelloFresh. Hello. HelloFresh is the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking more fun so you can focus on the whole experience, not just the final plate. Each week, HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks short on time. I, I cook HelloFresh at least three nights a week, mm-hmm. including last night. I've never done it in 30 minutes. <laughs> it I don't think it ends up right. I'm not overcooking stuff, but I'm a solid 45 minutes in before dinner's yeah. ready. Because you got to walk it, away, go out back, let everything catch on fire, come back inside. <laughs> you got I'm just saying that every week they say 30 minutes or, and I'm going, what am I doing wrong? Because it ends up multitask. delicious. Maybe I'm yeah, just more. Dude, know, my, my box just got here today, man. I'm excited to try it. Maybe, will you, will you time it? Let us know. Time it, yeah. Uh, maybe I'm slower <laughs> at mincing than they expect. Maybe I'm below average you're, in my chopping yeah, we'll skills. Do, we'll mince. do an over under with uh, me trying it and then with my wife trying it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because um, of it the says somewhere in between will be a half hour, is what you're saying. <laughs> so, Although yeah. we'll probably yeah. be in the 12 minute range. You're going to be yeah, pushing an hour. Nothing but, she, yeah. It's so annoying. You marry somebody that's literally excellent at everything and then doesn't do it because she just don't feel like it. I'm like, you're the better cook, but right. she don't feel like cooking. But she's like Dang so it. smart. She can like mince with her mind. Like there's things <laughs> that will happen that you can't do. Uh, we can't she minces, do. She minces my words in her mind all the time. Hi-o. Oh Hello Fresh sources the <laughs> freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantities needed so there's no food waste, which is one of my favorite things about it. Uh, they uh, deliver food to your doorstep in a recyclable insulated box for free, which is Cohen's favorite thing because he plays with this huge box. And uh, they're now offering light spring meals and just uh, actually introduced breakfast options. Hello huh. Fresh, And that's all for less than $10 a meal. Once again, Jesse Carey, please get HelloFresh. Your diet is appalling. <laughs> I do need HelloFresh in my life. Yeah. Right now, HelloFresh is offering relevant podcast listeners a special offer. You can get $30 off your first week of deliveries by visiting HelloFresh.com and entering offer code RELEVANT30 when you subscribe. I would highly suggest it. It has changed my evening rituals and eating. I used to just eat like... Like I would roll up bologna, squirt some mayonnaise on it and just sit down and watch TV. Hello, now I'm literally <laughs> like eating Bologian gourmet meals. Mayonnaise, yeah. bro. Oh, dude. Yeah. But the problem with your whole theory is, and you've said this a few times, is that it's not like you, you somehow had just very awful taste in food and then it got really good. Cause I was like, even when before I know what quinoa is now. Right. Yeah. Before HelloFresh existed in your life, you still knew like a grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. But here's here's why I need HelloFresh because I like it. Like if if Dana is gone or out of town or something, not only does my like food selections get dangerously uh, uh, sloppy, I also forego any dishware and I'm only using paper towels for every utensil. My my plate is a paper towel. My spoon is a paper towel. I find I find a way. I don't want any cleanup. Oh. HelloFresh could help Wait, me with this problem. Wait, your spoon's a paper towel, Doug. You guys yeah, are I'm just scooping man. stuff with folded paper towels. It's quite the same. Right. That's, that's the bologna theory. The, the bologna. So I pull the piece of bologna out, put it in the palm of my hand, squirt a little man 
bolognese down the middle and roll it up like right. a hot dog. Got Boom. it, fam. You Got don't it. even fry the bologna? No, nah, no waste. No pans. No. Just takes too long. In and out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, fry the bologna. <laughs> I want you to go back to that time just so you can experience a fried bologna sandwich. Dude, it's, right. they are so good. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah what, they're way good. Yeah, yes. I assume you have to eat it on white bread, though. I think so, yeah. I don't have I any mean, white that's bread. That's all we had. No, no. no. You, you don't eat it on, on whole wheat? You can have it on whole wheat with like organic mayonnaise? Hey, man, first of all, mayonnaise is of the devil, so I'm going to keep ignoring that. that you say that. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> Yellow what mustard, you can huh? do you is go. get yourself, here's next level, is get yourself a waffle. And you just put the fried bologna with waffle buns. Oh, wow. Come on now. I think HelloFresh is listening. That, is, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that needs to be. Josh, Josh, yeah, we'll yeah. hire you, man. I yeah. got to say, that sounds amazing. Although HelloFresh has a couple of dietitians on staff to uh, make sure every meal is nutritionally balanced. Right. I don't think they're going to go with props, Dang waffle, it. and fried bologna. No, they're, they're all sitting in the room right now, and it's just like, <laughs> And like, no, what just was said? That can't not happen. even close. Get to propaganda's house immediately. You can't do this. Well, like I said, I'm your host, Cameron. Here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Hat Koffeltz. Hello, Cameron. Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother Chandler String. Hello. On the Skype line from Leverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And our guest cast member, our guest host this week, sitting in for the whole show from Los Angeles, Propaganda. West, West. <laughs> cool. Hey, we have a great show in store for you guys today. Um, if you're listening on Friday, the day the show comes out, today, Hillsong United's new album, Wonder, just dropped. And uh, they are joining us on the show today to uh, play us some of kind of their favorite tracks from the new mm-hmm. album. What was on Apple? Yeah. Was it just a single? Yeah, they've been releasing a couple of singles. Nice, oh, very good. Uh, when they announced it two weeks ago, they released a song. And then last Friday, they released a song. Uh, and then the whole album's today. So there you go. I mean, it's not as good as that Spanish Justin Bieber song but I'm sure it's wonderful. It's just as worshipful. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm wondering what they're saying because I was kind of singing it in the grocery store the other day, yeah, Wonder, Wonder My Breath, or the Bieber song, the Bieber song, yeah, yeah, you know what Hillsong saying. And I and I was aware of myself doing this because a Hispanic uh, young man was standing next to me, and I thought, I wonder what I'm saying right now. Yeah, probably, <laughs> like, probably wise just to kind of fade into the just, background. It just faded into Wonder by Hillsong United. Yeah. That's yeah. very yeah. sultry. Yeah. yeah, just whistle. Were you? Yeah. Hey, I got a question, Cameron. When you were doing that, were you making eye, deep eye contact <laughs> with him? Because I don't know if language. I think that. It broke any language barriers. You just creeped him out with the, the eye contact. <laughs> the eye contact. Uh, also joining us later, uh, Jason Faletta is joining us. He's from the organization Micah Challenge, which is an organization engaging climate change from a Christian perspective. Uh, we're going to talk to him about the news about the U.S. pulling out of the Paris uh, Climate Agreement. Uh, also, the link between extreme poverty and climate change and how people can help. And Very important. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like I like Micah, the Micah organization a lot. The Micah Challenge. They're yeah. killer. I mean, think yeah. talk about a timely show timely. brand new album coming out only today yep. and mm-hmm. d- hard-hitting timely news and yeah. in kind of a think think discussion about yeah. what's going on and i'll be bringing yeah. a slice that has its origins about six years ago so oh that's exciting <laughs> so, you're bringing the, the joy <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. well, well and not to give too much away about the the jason Folletta interview but he was actually in paris when uh leaders from around the world were meeting uh, uh, at this uh, u.n agreement to 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 sign this uh paris treaty was he, was he there like recently. on his honeymoon like just sightseeing he was at the louvre yeah i mean i mean he's just yeah he he told 
told me he, he, all of his major life events are centered around UN happenings, especially with him and his wife. It's pretty, pretty special thing they got He's got a big on. anniversary trip coming up, uh, uh, the UN summit in Portugal next spring. Yeah, yeah it's a big yeah, deal. Yeah. You know, uh, it's kind of a cute thing they have. But anyway, uh, so he, he has a really interesting perspective on not only what's going on with the Paris Climate Agreement, but also about how we can be involved in the issue. There you go. Proper, are you, mm. dr- are you drinking two coffees? Are you drinking? Why do you a, say that? Because, we, well, we were I, we were delayed starting the recording because there was an, an enormously loud static on the line, and yes, which I was informed, was no, this is prop. He's no. off grinding some beans, right? Which he's got yes. the he's got the mug in his hand, but I also saw you drinking what I thought was cold. Have brew. You notice that his mug is the size of a cereal bowl. It's a it's a healthy <laughs> <Yeah>. mug, <laughs> but you also had a like a clear like mason jar. Did that have cold? Yeah, brew that's in what it? I made it in. Oh, I see. And I, then I poured it into a mug. I didn't see why that's. I thought you were double fisting. That's a revolutionary concept. Uh, you were, I thought you were double fisting. I thought you were doing a cold brew <laughs> no. and a hot one, and I didn't know. No. Well, because uh, he's, he, he's in my Khalid he likes on averages. This, and I know apparently oh, last see. week y'all talked about my practices. Quite All I'm bit. saying is. Jesse did. Yeah. If you can be, yeah. if you can have a better version of something. Yes. Have a better version of something. That's right. So I pour, yeah, that's why yeah. you're on the show. Because it's just, it's awesome to have you here. <laughs> it was a compliment, a so own that propaganda. I, I, thank you. <laughs> if you can have a better version of something, just have a better version of something. Right. Those are words yeah. to live wow, by. That's profound, Quoted. Eddie. I hope that is on your new album. That's the it, title of the new album. <laughs> just here's that's, a better version of something. Eddie, one day I want you to come up with like very clunky successories. If you can have a better version, <laughs> yeah. why not create a better version of the version that you have so it's better? So it's a better version of that version. Hang in there. It'll fit perfectly right. on a poster. Right. Hang in there while you're hanging. Don't let go. Right. Keep holding on to the thing you're hanging on to. Never stop believing in the things you're hanging on to. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, yeah. Before we move the show along, a little bit of uh, of an update. On Friday night, I got a text from Prop, and he said you should have been here. And I was like, Where are you? He wasn't. He mm. was shooting his new music video. Oh, neat! Oh. And he invited yes. me to come, be in the background, and <laughs> I didn't. And now. I didn't come. I forgot. Oh man! Prop, so, so you... my streak is over at one of Cameron Already. being the one, one white guy in the background of hip hop videos. What? Prop, how... I got a question for you, real quick. Did you have to cast his spot <laughs> like at the very last minute and just? Pull did you have some to go find another random white store? guy? I did. I did. I had to go find Christmas. another white guy. <laughs> I feel eminently replaceable, and it hurts me. Well, yeah. kind of hurts me that uh, you're not in my video, though. I know, me too. Next one. Yeah. Well, how'd it go? Are you happy with it? I'm actually, I've honestly, no gas. I feel like this is probably going to be the coolest video, music video I've ever done. Sweet. You had, now I know we can't give it away, but you had mentioned a concept to me a few weeks ago. Did you end up going with the same concept? I guess you yes. don't. Oh, Eddie, why don't you tell us what that concept was? I don't think I can. Eddie? I don't think I can do uh, that. I was teeing you up oh. to make up a fake oh, one. Oh, 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 a sorry. really, really bad one. I was like, hold on. No, I think I can't destroy his stuff. Mm. Yeah, um, I really look forward to seeing it. Just prop in a Panera, having a real deep talk <laughs> on an acoustic guitar. <laughs> I think that's the and video. Panera. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then they'd be full of white guys in the background. I don't want you to spoil it. You know, I don't know. When's the release date real quick? Of the video? Yeah. Yeah. The video, uh, we haven't announced that, but I'm pretty sure it's when this podcast drops. Oh, nice. Oh, Ooh, oh, okay, so, so that means you can talk about the concept, right? Not yet. Okay. Okay. This is very okay. Well, well, how about this? At least give us a hint about the concept. Can you at least do that? I can hint the concept. The what? concept really has to do with if you've uh, any sort of like romantic relationship 
and just kind of all the ups and downs of being in a relationship trying to make two people work together whether it's um all the all the highs and lows like the fights the funnies the passive aggressiveness the everything all wrapped into one music video in a really cool house i can't wait yeah Uh, i'm excited this single is a precursor toward your album release yes which you now have a date for don't you yes i do june 30th june 30th there it is oh that's really soon crooked's coming out you can pre-order vinyl Ooh, you can yes. you can pre-order the album right now Final on iTunes. Is the way to do it. Oh yeah, I did. Yes. That's the way to do yeah. it. That's fun. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you, I'm excited. Prop. I've heard the album. I, I heard it in a car with Prop, mm-hmm. which is always awkward if your friend who's an artist plays you their new music and it's not that good, and you're watching and <laughs> they're <laughs> looking for your reaction. You have yeah. to. Here's lie. the good thing. Yeah, this <laughs> you is have his, to lie. This is his best album, and oh, it yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, thank you. And he only played the songs for me once, he, and he wouldn't keep he wouldn't keep playing them. Like I wanted to hear him again, he wouldn't right. do it. Just I, it time. was weird. It was like, no, you just get the taste. Keep him one or more. But I'm telling you, I have the album, and it's phenomenal, and I'm excited for people to hear it. Prop, congratulations, hey, yeah. man. Thanks, Prop, guys. listen too, yeah. man. You know, I I know that there will probably be, you know I've heard a lot of the album. I think every track could be a single. And in that case, you're gonna need a lot of music video ideas. And if and if if you're looking well, for just some fresh concepts, it's no, it's not a pressure <laughs> thing. I'm not even gonna charge you for these. <laughs> but I wouldn't mind you, you know, kind of coming my way because. I like to fashion myself as the M. Night Shyamalan of music videos. I've got a concept. (laughs) Okay. I have a concept. I feel like I should get a freebie because the amount of like craft coffee I made you in a mountain. That's true. So exactly. So here's the thing, man. My favorite thing about any, any work of, of art, any, any type of film is I like twists. I like the twist always coming and I want to do the same for one of your music videos. So I'm going to set the scene for you. Okay. Okay. Uh, Something's happening. Something I'm going to go straight to the twist. The plot points really, don't matter. We can take it whatever direction. The important thing is I'm going to bring the twist to the table. This, this is what you tried yeah. to team me up to do. Uh, this is not my wheelhouse. Okay. See, this, this is, is just, just off the top of it. So, yeah. so, so whatever. Know. So wherever the plot is, the plot is going. All of a sudden, you find out the main character is a ghost. But wait a second. <laughs> Hold on. Ten seconds go by. You find out that the scene with the ghost was actually a dream of the other main character. <laughs> Hang on. It wasn't actually a ghost. That was a scene in the movie that the person is on a date with. But wait. Back up. <laughs> That scene in a movie is actually the chapter in a book that is being written by the guy who you thought was dreaming about the ghost. But wait, there's a pan out and it pans out to Earth and Earth is suddenly, uh, uh, we're in the galaxy and the galaxy is in a marble and the marble is in a game, a children's game that's played by another species in a parallel universe that of the children of the person you thought was a ghost in the future. She's the mother on the front porch. Fast forwarded through the time machine. It's going to blow minds, Whoa. dude. Are you catching with me? Jesse, is there a spot for a random white guy to be distantly in the background? Yes. I'm afraid yeah. I did not write that in. That, oh, okay. That's oh, too right, much right, of a twist. Right, right. Well, All I know is as long as you got the budget twist. for it, I'm like, let's make a song. Yeah. yeah. But, but you're following me, right? I mean, this is a twist. Well, no I mean, it's going to blow that, a lot of minds. Yeah, Jesse, that one wrote itself. I, I knew where you were going from the moment you were going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, Cameron, I don't have a problem with your random white guy twist, but you know, I want to keep this grounded somewhat of a reality. Yeah, keep, keep it fluid, keep it clean. Right. No random white yeah. guys in the background. And here's here's my role on the show. Prop. Was it hard to rhyme Koffeltz in the new album? <laughs> like, because that's yeah. a hard word to rhyme. Yeah, but you could do it. 
Yeah. I mean, you don't have to do it now. I'll wait for the track. But Yeah, you got to wait for the track, but trust me, it's there. <laughs> yeah, I trust you. You guys all made the album. I oh, mean, man, we can't wait. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. All right, well, moving the show along, it's time for our weekly look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for... In case you missed it. In case you missed it, this week, Justin Bieber reminded fans in Manchester that, quote, God is good in the midst of the darkness. This week, as you know, pop stars, including Bieber, uh, joined Ariana Grande for the One Love Manchester Benefit Concert, an event that honored the victims of the recent terror act at one of her shows. And it raised uh, more than... Uh, $13 million so far uh, for organizations helping them. After playing an acoustic version of the song Cold Water, uh, Bieber told the 50,000 in attendance and the millions more watching online Mm -hmm. and on various uh, cable channels uh, to hold on to faith and hope even in the aftermath of tragedy and violence. Here's, Here's a clip. God is good in the midst of the darkness. God is good in the midst of the evil. God is in the midst... No matter what's happening in the world, God is in the midst. And he loves you, and he's here for you. I just want to take this moment to honor the people that were lost or that were, that were taken. We love you so much. To the families, we love you so much. Put, your, put both hands up to honor those people right now. Everybody say, we honor you. And we love you. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Man, I thought that was a really... I I always get nervous when, like, in those kinds of settings, people start preaching a little bit because I'm like, oh, don't make it weird. Make it... He was remarkably, Mm -hmm. like, humble, thoughtful. I just thought it was, like, a really beautiful moment. Did you see... Um, it was during it, but it was all during the show that there was like a police officer dancing around with little, like, some of the kids that were there, and they were just like... There was just like a lot of beauty in that concert in the midst of just I, I didn't get a chance to see it. I saw that that speech though, because uh, on Instagram stories about mm-hmm. fifteen different people that I follow oh, funny. were all posting yeah. it because it was so moving. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, was, yeah. If I can um if I can what would seem like a stunt button or flex bomb, um, but it's not. It's actually to brag on Justin. Uh I had a chance, um, did a did a event up at Judah Smith's church back in March. And Judah's like, hey, yeah, check out my new office. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Check out your new amazing office. Yeah, you're cooler than all of us, right? But it's a beautiful office. And then he goes, hey, can you get the door? And I open the door. Yeah, Justin Bieber walks in. Just <laughs> wow. Just randomly walks in. It's his birthday weekend. He decides to spend it with his pastor, right? And we're sitting on the couch. And the guy just, he just asked me about prayer. Wow. Hey, so like, what are your, what are your prayer practices? Like, what do you, how about when you, before you go perform? And it just, that it's so to brag on like the genuineness of where this guy's coming from, like, that's not a show. Like yeah. he was, he made a consorted effort to be like, Hey dude, I'm turning this age. I want to go spend it with my pastor and his friends. Right. I'm not going to not have a bender in Vegas. Like I'm just going to come down here and really like center myself. And of all the things to talk about, he wanted to talk about prayer. Well, the, the, the other thing, too, that about like that clip in particular is like th- this terror attack, like a lot of recent terror attacks, was mov- motivated by like religious extremism. And I think 
for some people that may not be religious themselves, like they look at these types of events as sort of like, you know, obviously they're ways to celebrate the the victims and kind of celebrate humanity. But I, I like the fact that even someone like Justin Bieber was still able to bring God into the conversation even in the shadow of an event that was, like I said, motivated by a very extremist, distorted ideology, you know, to, to, to remind people of the importance of faith in, in kind of, like I said, kind of the shadow of that kind of tragedy. It was, it was just a cool moment. Yeah, I agree. And prop never, I want you to feel always the freedom on this show. If you ever meet somebody cool, you can just share it because that was a oh, cool okay, story. Cool. And yeah. Four fifths of the times I've been at Judas Church, Bieber's been there, right. Att- just attending. Right. And mm. yeah, I mean, I if I and, met and, him, I'd share and it. every time he says, "Hi, I'm Justin," and he introduces himself, and I'm like, "Yeah, we met." Yeah. And I, I'm not memorable. You, you're like, "I'm sorry, what's your name?" Well, well, it's more, it's more like, it's more impressive <laughs> that he introduces himself as Justin, like. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Like he doesn't. That's like Michael Jordan. That's like walking up to Michael Jordan at like a Foot Locker or a, <laughs> a basketball court. <laughs> at a Foot Locker. Hi, Hi I'm Michael. Jo- well, I'm saying that's his his silhouette is on half the shoes in there. It's right. like yeah, you could just say hello. You don't have to say hello. I'm Michael Jordan. You're just being redundant at this point. I know exactly who. How could I possibly not know who you are? Like uh, I, whether you're a fan of him or not, Justin Bieber is arguably one of the most top five most recognizable people on the planet for him to introduce himself to someone as, instead of just saying, hey, how's it going? I respect that, that he still introduces himself as a first name. He's a you nice, know? humble dude. Yeah. Conversely, yeah. the moment I hit 300 Twitter followers, I haven't said my own name. Yeah, I haven't said it in years. <laughs> you, you say, hello, <laughs> you know who I am. People. Check the verified check. Yeah, you know. yes. yeah you're at the <laughs> checkout line. At, you're at the checkout line at the grocery store. Some dude's kind of singing a Spanish song under his breath while he's deeply staring at you and you just kind of look at him like, yeah, yeah. you know who I, I am. And I just offer, would you like to take a selfie with me. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I know you're getting there. Let's yeah, have I know pick. you're working on the nerve right now. Yes, it's yeah. me. Just to the chase. Yes. You, I know you want to ask if you can take a selfie with yes. me. And of course, the answer is absolutely not. Get out of my face. <laughs> or I'm calling, I'm calling the authorities. Yes, I'm on that podcast. Yes, I host that podcast. Feel free. Whatever you need. So you're threatening them with like, like calling the police for harassing you, even though they never asked to take a, uh, a selfie. You just presumed <laughs> that's where it was headed. Yes, I know what you're about to ask and yes you better put your phone down right now i got my lawyer i got my phone too and it's got a lawyer on speed dial so back up sir and she's like i just want to know if you wanted paper or plastic i just want yeah keep it moving i'm a big deal i want plastic i have kevin max and propaganda in my cell phone I'm a big deal. Take a picture with me. Hey, in case you missed it. No way to transition. I thought of a music video with eight plot twists. Eight. (laughs) Hey, uh, in case you missed it, the Pope, and that's in quotes, the quote unquote Pope will be in the next Sharknado movie. And yes, he's going to be played by Fabio. Of course. Wow, um, this this, wow. Sci-fi has announced details about the fifth installment of its epically terrible disaster franchise, Sharknado, and it somehow sounds even more epically terrible than the first four made-for-TV <laughs> efforts. Along with the returning quote-unquote stars, uh, Ian <laughs> Ziring and Tara Reid, the new film will feature numerous cameos, including former SNL cast member Chris Kattan as the Prime Minister of England, oh, no, Chris Clay Kattan. Aiken oh. as a brilliant inventor. Oh, that's good oh. for 
him. Tony Hawk as a weapons specialist <laughs> and romance novel cover model Fabio will be playing the Pope. I, what I'm amazed with this franchise is that we talk about this every year and every year there is like the genuine reaction of <laughs> oh it couldn't get worse. Well the last one remember it ended up here in Orlando the, yeah. the movie. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I'm like it, this one really is. Yeah. Huh. The, the tornado or the sharknado was going Uh-oh. down the east coast. Wow. And it, and it went from New York through Washington D.C. all the way down and it ended up at Universal Studios Florida. Uh, which is the parent company that owns the production company that, you know, yeah, it's right. a true story. I, 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 I was reading some of the early <laughs> plot synopsis of this one. I forgot. I should have put this in the, tr- in the show notes here, but it's called global swarming. Uh, so it's timely. <laughs> For me. But then also, like, I guess, but I guess, I guess, like, one of the, I guess the two protagonists in the film, I guess Tara Reed's character maybe died in the last installment or one of the other ones. I haven't seen them all, sadly. But I, she's, she's back in bionic form. But I guess oh, the whoa, two whoa, whoa. main characters. Are you characters, serious? Are you serious? I She's think like so. a bionic yeah, I woman. Think, bionic yeah, I think woman. she died, but they were just bringing her back as like half robot or something. Oh, that's amazing. You know, people, people underestimate how really how hard it is to make a bad movie on purpose. Yeah, because great point. the bad is what makes it so good. So they have to go, what's the most ridiculous thing we can do right now? Yeah, nah, that's stupid. But is that good stupid? Or is right. that like yeah, that's just, stupid? Just judging yeah. from the cast, that's exactly the, the yeah. approach that they're going That's for. a great point. I watched the last two. Yeah. It's It's kind of hard. It's, it's kind of hard to be like, I, there was, are you too smart to be that dumb or are you too dumb to be that smart? Right. Like you have to be smart to be dumb. Right. You can, just, well, but if you're casting Fabio as the Pope, I feel like brilliant. you're pretty smart. Well, that casts Yeah, that's itself. what I'm saying. That's brilliant. <laughs> smart. The, I, this is sort of movie that's so bad. It should be like watched with a group of, large group of friends who are amped up. Yeah. Right. Like it yeah. needs reaction stuff because what when it doesn't quite land is when you're sitting by yourself on the couch late at night watching it and it's just kind of like uh, it's almost like watching uh, Seinfeld without a laugh track or watching right. you know like you yeah. need you yeah, need like, that sense of here? everybody's right enjoying you pop this or popcorn oh my gosh this is Fabio put the, all, put the kids down and oh well this is destroying our date night right. <laughs> you need yeah. you need to bro down of this movie like like I yeah, was at a date night like I went <laughs> to the opening night of Fast and Furious six before it jumped the shark since. You know, I seven jumped the shark. I, I, I don't know. I'm not interested anymore. Yeah. But up to six, I was there yeah. opening night with Chad Michael Snavely. Right. And I'm telling you, the crowd was so amped up and into it. <laughs> yeah. People were running up and down the aisles. People were hooting and hollering and swinging their jackets over their heads and stuff. Yeah. It was like, like when the logo appeared, people started cheering. I yeah. mean, it was just like the most epic experience. Right. You need to watch Sharknado with that sort of environment. Right. Right. Star Wars yeah, yeah. opening yeah. night, all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's just fun. Yeah. Well, it was yeah. like, I remember when Snakes on a Plane came out back in the day and one of the guys who was working there at Relevant went to the movie theater opening night and he might have gone by himself just because he wanted to see what the <laughs> the fuss was about and when Samuel L. Jackson utters his now famous explicit line in Snakes on the Plane he said not only did the whole theater erupt like and everyone jumped to their feet several guys took their shirts off <laughs> yes just could not handle it it was so it was just too much it was too much you know that is the ultimate in excitement is the ripping off of the shirt just like in a, a movie theater yeah so, one day I want to have that reaction yes. one day yes. like Mia Hamm yeah. they win the they it's win just, the World Cup yeah. slide on your knees rip the shirt yeah no it's yeah. what's weird though is that every time you sign off of the podcast 
podcast, Chandler is yeah. just <laughs> running around the office. Well, today is going to be quite a thing. He's wearing a uh, Kanye West shirt. Yep. Have you noticed this? Yeah. Yep. He's wearing a Pablo shirt. Yeah. Oh, I've never wow. seen you wear a hip hop shirt before. It's really? interesting. No. Yeah. No. All right. Where'd you get the problem? Did you score it out on the road or? or no, no, I got it at uh, my girlfriend's work. It's a oh. she works in a resale store. But it's like a really high end, like yeah. hipster retail store, resale store. Yeah. How long have you guys been together now? Uh, four months. Hey, getting serious. There you go. Hey, in case you missed it, John Mark McMillan released a brand new <laughs> song about his struggle with anxiety. This is a beautiful this is song. A, is an odd thing to be laughing as I'm saying. Ha <laughs> <laughs> anxiety. <laughs> Um, and the song is called Enemy Love and is from his upcoming album, Mercury and Lightning. Uh, on Facebook, he wrote in part, um, anxiety. I try to control my world. And since that is supremely not possible, I get anxiety. It seems like so often the very things we do to protect or hold on to what we love ends up stealing them from us. See, my attempts to control the universe only creates enemies, enemies with the world, with people, enemies, with the ones I love. And I find myself at odds with God and with myself. Enemy love, like much of the new record, is about growing up, especially the letting go part of growing up. Not to be irresponsible or dismissive, but I'm realizing when I let go of my ideals and ego, I also become much better at holding on to what I actually have. And that's beautiful. Here's a clip. I don't trust a fool. I don't trust myself I don't want to bother you All of my doubt and regret Said I wouldn't bear you Promise I'm doing my best But I think I'm losing my head Losing my head Heaven and a China girl Heaven and an empty dress Heaven and three wild birds Heaven and an empty nest Said I wouldn't miss one in case you missed it, a new J.R.R. Tolkien book was released a hundred years after he first began working on it. Uh, when he was in his mid-twenties, years before he would become famous for writing the Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, he fought in World War I. After coming home, he began writing to process the things he witnessed and tell a love story inspired by the real-life romance with the woman he shared his life with, his wife Edith. Now, a hundred years after Tolkien wrote the story, Baron and Luthien, it has been released. Based in Middle Earth, the BBC says it explores the fate of lovers Baron and Luthien, a mortal man and an immortal elf who together try to steal from the greatest of all evil beings, Melkor. There you go. Yeah, that, I mean, it's always weird how an author, especially someone like Tolkien, who is one of the most important novelists, of the, the several generations, you know, like of, of, you so know, the last several generations years. of nerds is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, most- no, I'm just saying like, even if you said objectively, Tolkien would have to be on a very short list and the most Absolutely. important novel. He would be on know? the nerd Mount Rushmore with, with, uh, the star Wars guy, the white beard guy, and the lady, uh, who wrote Harry Potter, the Harry Potter the, lady. And Tolkien. Well, well, he's also one of the most important figures in, in, in faith. And I mean, he, he personally helped lead, He's uh, one of the inklings, man. Come yeah, on. Yeah, he, he helped lo- lead Su- C.S. Lewis to faith. But it's always weird to me how an author like this uh, can have something written that's just hidden for like a hundred years and no one decides to publish it. 
Crazy. Like, you know, how does that happen? I mean, were they waiting for the hundred year mark? I have it's, a feeling, though, Jesse, you've got dream journals that you've been writing that <laughs> that are just absolutely crazy. And someday somebody's going to come across them, and 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 a hundred years from now they will publish them, and it will be a classic work of literature. Do I have a I feeling, or do I have absolute certainty that's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. And when you say dream journals, I'm talking telephone. Uh, uh, telephone book size volumes. Much of yeah, which... these are movie scripts and music video scripts with amazing music. plot twists. Yeah. Much you, of which is very controversial. And I only hope that in a hundred years from now, society has progressed to a time when what they're going to read in those pages is acceptable socially because right now we're not even close. I mean, it's, I'm pretty sure we just didn't have the technology to accomplish what you saw in these dreams for music videos. So you just said to yourself, I'm just going to put this book under my couch. That's right. But yeah, that's, I mean, there are, there are, twi- there are, there are earth shattering and plot shattering twists about every other page. It's very difficult to follow. <laughs> Extreme. I mean, I'm introducing new characters and abandoning them uh, throughout. It's pretty much stream of conscious and makes very little sense. Some of it's in languages. I don't even know what I understand. They just came to me in the same dreams. It's very difficult. I was shocked. It's going to need a decoder ring. You know, but, like uh, I do with a lot of fictional books, I go to the last page first. I was shocked how Jesse's uh, phone book size dream journal ended with the lone white man distantly in the background. It yeah. was, uh, it was yeah, every single one. It was very odd twist at the very end. <laughs> it all culminated with that. You also realize that he's never like, he's been behind that uh, wall the whole time. Like, yeah. He's yeah, here. Right here. Dana never existed. There are no kids. All of it has always been like, he's right here. He's like that couple that, that uh, they found in the news uh, this week in Arkansas or some that they moved into an attic above a Walmart yeah. and they were yeah, living like that. Kings and they, and they, they discovered they had been there for like two years and they were homeless and they, uh, it was a guy with his, uh, uh, he was like 46 and he had his 56 year old girlfriend up there and they found meth cooking Whoa, paraphernalia 46 wow. and 56 yeah. wow. and uh, they had flat screen TVs living room sets like I everything mean, you Walmart, have Walmart sold at your disposal yeah everything it's Walmart amazing. sold they moved into their attic space up there and all, the, all the meth lab stuff yeah well, <laughs> well they had all the accoutrement yeah uh, everything you know, you'd need you to make need a methamphetamine pan. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's but, a crazy okay real quick Cameron I'm not familiar with the the all the details legally of like what squatters rights are right. but I have a hunch that if it had not been for cooking meth up there, they might have a legal right to stay, to, make, to live in that Walmart attic. Like, I think if you pass the two-year mark, that's yours. I think I, I, I think every state's different. I know I know squatters' rights are actually very liberal in, like, Chicago and stuff, mm-hmm. for real. Uh, so, like, landlords get screwed all the time because people just decide to stop paying rent, and then wow. they just, like, wow. the eviction process is, huh. like, very pro- squatter you know like so like you're you're allowed to like stay there for another year basically before you can get evicted and stuff so it's a big problem Hmm. but but i don't know the specifics of this locale uh, they're the squatters slash eviction rights. So yeah. I would love, I would love it if it was in a locale that just told the Walmart, like, look, there's really nothing we can do. I mean, they got rights here. They've been up there. They got a whole living room set. That's pretty nice. I mean, they got like two futons, a flat screen TV. This is their home now. And, and, and le- legally it's as much theirs as it is yours at this point. If you wanted them out, you should have detected them prior to the two year mark. It's kind of on you at this point. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, lastly, in case you missed it, John Christ, our friend, John Christ, yes. uh, took, 
his Bible verse lady to Vegas this week. Uh, he's back with another video featuring Bible verse lady who just so happens to have a scripture reference ready for every possible situation. This time she goes to Sin City. Here's a clip. Look at this pyramid. Mm, let my people go. Oh, virgin daiquiris, my cup overflows. Oh, look how she is clothed, not in strength and dignity. Look at all these people gambling. Borrower is slave to the lender. Tattoos and piercings, absolutely not. My body is a temple. Escalator broken, please use stairs. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Look at this beautiful city. Oh, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Yeah. My favorite line in there is that uh, the, the sign of God's blessing is, of course, virgin daiquiris. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's basically a strawberry slurpee, but hey, I mean, you know, teach his own. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, that'll do it for in case you missed it. Stay tuned up next. Stay tuned up next. Slices. Listening to Arcade Fire. The song is Everything Now. Uh, they announced their new album is coming out in late July, I think the 29th. Uh, so they just released their new single, Everything Now. They're continuing. Uh, uh, if, if you heard Reflector, their last album, they kind of tapped into their 70s vibe. Loved it. This song is indicating that that's the lane they're in. Yeah. I'm down. I like it. I love oh, Arcade yes. Fire. Yeah. They continue to surprise me. I keep waiting for them to be like, oh, remember when Arcade Fire was awesome? Yeah, like a U2 move. Like, like yeah, yeah, have right. like two or three albums in a row, just yeah, duds, yeah. right? Just Man, I love yeah. Arcade Fire. They're kind of like Radiohead. You just, you don't know when it's going to happen, but right. when they release something, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, speaking of, that might be a good foreshadowing to an f- upcoming song break. It's a new Radiohead album. There's a new Radiohead album. I'm aware. I'm on Apple Music now. It's changed my whole music life. Good for you. Yeah, I just listened to it. Welcome. Yeah, I listened. Very many things that you say, that was whatever. I've heard it. I was amazed. (laughs) Nice. Hey, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Drake with uh, the song Madiba Rhythm. There you go. That's a good summer vibe. There you go. <laughs> it's a good summer vibe. We got Arcade Fire. We got Drake. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, rolling all... the hits today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes we do. Sometimes we do like deep cut indie, obscure. You've never heard of them. Just... I'm going with the heavy hitters this week. We got Radiohead, Arcade Fire, Hillsong United, Drake, Summer Dance Party. Done. Plus, we owe it to people after <laughs> Jamaican accents. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We owe it to people after what we did last week with that. I hope you dance thing. Yeah, we we. We're, this is a palate cleanser. That's right. If you didn't hear last week's right. uh, podcast, of, uh, um, we're sorry for the earworm that, that yeah, we infected you with. Yeah, we're so, not sorry. Not apologize. It was hilarious. Yeah. So, so Drake. So Drake. Starting this one with Drake is right. the sorbet right. musically. It's a palate cleanser. <laughs> so there you go. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I will say this, uh, two of the volumes of my uh, 17 volume dream journal set are entitled in case you dance and they're mostly comprised of very disturbing doodles. So, uh, that's just a fun fact. <laughs> Yet the whole journal's animated. So they yeah, don't seem to go together. Book. It's, yeah. it took me a lot of time, but, yeah. uh, it's a, it's a very, very unsettling flip book. Yeah. But, uh, All right. It's, it's time. It's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, well, before we jump into this week's news, I do have an update about the slice I brought last week. Uh, so I told you about an individual <clears throat> last week who, or no, I think Eddie brought this slice, but I was, uh, I had said that I wanted to get a guy on that Eddie had spoken about on Outlaw Hero. Yeah. Yeah. So an individual had uh, charges raised against them by prosecutors in uh, the city of Pittsburgh mm-hmm. because he was a, a fan of Nashville's hockey team and threw a catfish onto the ice during the game. I thought it was ludicrous that he was facing charges from this. The The mayor of both Nashville and Pittsburgh agreed, and what I can only assume is that they heard that we we're going to be talking about it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. They did not want to tango without Law Hero. They saw what happened the last two times around. All the charges have been dropped. You can thank us because, like I said, I think the only reason for that happening is this guy uh, getting free from these charges is that they knew we were going to be talking about it. But I will read a statement from the mayor of Pittsburgh um, who, who said, This has turned into a whale of a story. From my perch, I agree with Nashville's mayor that we shouldn't be baited into interfering with this oh, fishtail. But if the charges eventually make their way to the judge, I hope the predatory predatory catfish hurler who has gotten off the hook uh, is simply oh, sentenced wow. to community service. Oh. I think this guy is the real criminal here for a string <laughs> of dad jokes. So bad. Because you know he was smirking to himself. And he's like, sending, he's emailing this so smugly to his staff in the oh, Pittsburgh yeah. he's like, he's City like, Hall. It. Yeah. Nailed yeah, it. They're going to love that on Relevant. No, but listen, it's, I was going to start off with from my perch here, like a fish, like a like a perch. It's yeah. Oh, this is gold. This is gold. Yeah. So yeah. the mayor of Pittsburgh is the real criminal here and uh, the man can't be stopped and you, this is a real shame that he took a hilarious story and just butchered it for all well, of the internet what's so. going to happen though is this is going to be a thing people are going to have like you know catfish on their shirts there's going to be this is going to be a thing it's tennessee people do wear catfish on their shirts they it's the logo at like bass oh, pro yeah, shop and like 90 percent of the apparel worn in that state so yeah, it's, it's like the church's yeah, yeah. logo like it's just yeah yeah I, just catfish i gotta tell you this yesterday was the first time i ever on television watched a full hockey game went to a Kings game once because California West West mm-hmm. and uh, but this is the first time I actually watched a game and I feel like I got like Smashville fever I was like I think I'm granted I have no idea what was happening short of <laughs> put the puck in the net you know right. what I'm saying and then stop the other team from doing that but besides that I was like yo I am I caught the fever this is super exciting and I feel like I would totally throw a catfish on the on the, on the ice <laughs> well, yeah, I, the before the series moved back to Nashville I don't really watch it but I saw you know on Instagram stuff so was making the rounds the Nashville coach put a little video out on Twitter and he was yeah. like, Hey, just excited about the game night. Doing talking to the fans. He's like, you guys are the best fans in the world. Can we 
please not put any throw anything on the ice please you know yeah. like yeah. like it's just like this is a real thing please don't please come on yeah. like no and more the catfish. fans reaction is absolutely not we're all bringing catfish <laughs> yeah tonight. i don't 100%. think you understand <laughs> yeah. yeah this is now our can you thing. imagine how slow the security lines are gonna move now with all the pat downs we're gonna have to do right. and they're gonna be squeezing that bulge and like what is <laughs> oh, that no. is that natural oh. is that a natural like love handle or is that yeah is that a smushed fish that you've <laughs> stuck in your pants or it's like yeah actually it is a smushed fish it's not technically illegal because i just told you it's not a weapon because i told you i just want to have a fish in my pocket they don't have those little metal detectors they don't have like guns or tasers they're just patrolling the ice like in the area around the ice with big nets to try to catch the flying cat <laughs> <laughs> just kind of hurling down the bleachers the whole game they're like wearing riot gear but instead of the toms they have nets and they're just catching catfish and they need the riot gear because every once in a while we'll catch one right in a plexiglass face well, and it's you know, disgusting. You know, this, what's, what's great about this is I've always wondered, the people who go to college and they're on a lacrosse scholarship, there's no, what do you do as a professional yeah, option when you graduate as a, as a lacrosse player? Now there's a whole industry. That's your you can whole? be a referee, you go around with your little lacrosse net yep. and you catch the flying catch fish, the before, fish. Hit yeah. the, before they hit the Brilliant. ice. Done. Done. Jesse, I do have a thing I want to bring up. It's a selling up. point for lacrosse. I Get want, your kids into lacrosse. I think, yeah, because... Get a, get a lacrosse scholarship so your kids can catch fish. Yeah. Uh, Nashville, whatever their name is. Yeah. Not even a professional. Like, you're not even on the team. You no, just no, no. You're just walking around. work at the Bridgestone yeah. Arena. Jesse, right. you had a really good sports theory last week, and I have one about hockey that I would love thoughts on. So okay. I have a hard okay. time connecting with hockey, and I've wondered why. Because as soon as I watched soccer, totally into it. I, I loved it, right? And I had yeah. a hard no, time. Did you see it live or on TV? Live. And okay. I've seen hockey live, and I cannot get into it. Here's what I think the problem is. Okay. I can't skate. So when I watch any other... <laughs> you can, you can play soccer. Well, I can run on on, on grass. I can think, run on grass. I like, think there's... That's not I, hard. Granted, they are, everybody is much more talented than me and much more athletic. But there's always a sense when you're watching sports, you're like, uh, we're do doing... The, I, I'm cheering you on. I you're doing the race. Throw. We're in it together. Yeah. What yeah. if I did get into a baseball game like... John Cruck was a big dude. I'm smaller than John Cruck and probably smaller than him. I could probably get something done, right? In a mid-season game when nobody cares. I could have figured out something. Hockey? I can't even skate. And so I can't even begin to connect with it. So you can't identify with it. I cannot identify with but, it. But so here's the where kids that falls apart like, to me because you're a huge fan of the Olympics and pretty much anything that happens in an Olympic gymnasium, none of us on this podcast but has any hope of ever attempting. But generally <laughs> right? we figure, you know, if I was put in that gymnasium, if I'm given a the, floor no, and they put no, on a I'm song, sorry, Eddie, I'm going to entertain any of the us, people. You put us on those uneven bars. We're not even like swinging back and forth for yeah, more than a few seconds. Yeah, but I could hang up there and do the just do the flip. That's actually a good point. I could do the presidential fitness challenge on it. You know, but, but I, I mean, but the, like I, kids in uh, Canada and the cold states, they grew up playing hockey. Right. And so that's why they're interested. Kids right. down here grew up playing soccer and football. That's why they're interested in right. it. They, there's a connection to your past. When I was a little kid, I had to take gymnastics lessons one year. So that's why I love the floor routine in the rings. <laughs> All this time we've yeah. talked about the Olympics yeah. and you've never brought it up. Two years. <gasps> yeah. That's amazing, oh, wow. Chandler. Uh, you Do know you what? Like it? I, or not Chandler, whatever your name is. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't like no, no, it at all. Keep it at Chandler. It was, Chandler re it was required. Uh, my mom yeah. made me do it. I actually, like it. I remember that at my elementary school, there was an opportunity to do like little third grade gymnastics things. And I remember thinking, cool, I can learn how to backflip. But then all the other boys were like, 
oh, gymnastics is for girls, gymnastics is for girls. And they ruined it because- oh, man. That's a bummer. I, it's a bummer. I wish like, because when I see those dudes on those floor exercises, I grew up in hip hop. And I'm like, those dudes are, they're just busting really epic flares. Yeah, wow, right. that's a windmill. You're yeah. break dancing. Right. And then I look at that dude's upper body and I'm like, oh, crap. That yeah. could have been me, stupid boy, playground policing. <laughs> right. That's right. right. That's right. That's I true. Exactly. I would guess a lot of b-boys and a lot of a lot of breakdancers oh, yeah. probably could, oh, for sure. did at least at some point do some gymnastics. And I got to tell you, on the floor routine, if you put on Justin Bieber's new Spanish song yeah. and you give me three and a half minutes to wow the crowd, I'm getting nines. Nines? <laughs> no problem. Not point nines. No problem. Well, I'm gonna... and, and like in the categories for like the flips and all the like the, the jumps and everything, you're you're getting goose egged across the board. But when it comes to style, right. they're through the roof. They're right. higher than 10. Once they, they see what this body 10. is capable of when set to music, they're not going to know what to do. An object in motion wants to stay in motion. <laughs> it certainly does. <laughs> so, so real quick, and, and I, I do have another, I have an actual slice of brain, but, I, but while you brought this topic up Eddie I shockingly I was expecting like a lot of pushback on my three criteria for sports um, thing that I brought up last issue well, I, I think we're still envisioning oh inertia as it relates to right. his uh, floor routine so that sorry. an object in motion wants Woo. to stay in motion uh, just the idea of just being out there and just like the crowd is just clapping the clock has run out like 10 minutes ago and the floor routine persists I am just rolling off the side. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Excuse me, but Jesse. like once you get those 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 like flips, those ta 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 ta, the hand to feet, hand to feet, you know, full right. flips going, they're right. tough to stop. Oh, it's yeah. I'm at the corner. You're at they the, they do the shot across the yeah. mat. They look at me. I'm determined. Yeah, and I am running full speed. Full speed. Now they cut to a wide shot, and you realize it's basically a trot. But right. then you look at my face, and you realize it's as fast as yeah. I've ever gone. Yeah. I attempt to do one flip. I'm already no, falling think, off the edge. No, of it. I think you're Dripping doing. Sweat. I think you do the flip, you land it, and then you can't stop, and it's like a slinky. It and just keeps going. Just, you're down the, the tunnel, and you, you go down the tunnel. Down the road. Yeah, exactly. They open the doors, and you're down the road like a slinky. Yeah, and just, the whole cl- the whole everybody's <laughs> silent because they assume I'm not going to make it, and then just. <laughs> Slow clap. You're never seen again. You, you flipped <laughs> off into the horizon. And, and then at the uh, gym, at the at the uh, medal ceremony, they do an in memoriam segment, right. and they play this nice song. Right. And there's you, your you, face. You, you keep ones. flipping and flipping until you uh, eventually you hit the coast. You disappear <laughs> under the water, only to Ooh. resurface on like across the Atlantic on a beach doing flips. One uh, like again, like a week later. Oh it's, man, it's pretty spectacular. I'm just All screaming. Right. Help. Help! <laughs> hey! hey. Gets up! Hey! <laughs> so just, Slow me down! Your, na- your nickname is Gymnastic Slinky for the rest of your life. Come on, guys! Gymnastic Slinky Man, <laughs> never seen again. Yeah. To get an idea. So, and I like to think too. I like to think too that your flips are as slow as a slinky. But they still can't be stopped. Right. It's not like a fast moving spinning right, slinky. Because once the bottom end gets over, yeah. it's pushing pretty hard back towards Earth and flipping up my hands. And it's the same speed above ground as underwater, as oh, on yeah. the surface of the ocean. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You haven't even got to your slice yet. Yeah, Jesse, your slice. Uh, go oh, ahead. Well, well, before I get to that, just as oh, we're yeah. on the sports thing, real quick, I only I was kind of surprised because I had, I, we got a ton of different people writing in this week, but uh, only one person took 
took uh, exception with my three criteria for sport, which were yes. athleticism, competition, and an objective outcome. I saw that. Uh, not in yeah, the being not, Twitter, a, not a subjective outcome, but a clear goal. There's a you've won, right? Yeah, That's yeah. There, yeah. Like a component of judging that could go one way or the other. It, yeah. it, you know, it's either scored or it's timed or the point system is non debatable. Uh, Phil on Twitter said that I should drop the subjective objective thing and it should instead be an offensive defensive component like that's a third criteria here's where that breaks down you eliminate all target sports like darts bowling and golf all three of which i consider sports and two any timed event that's still an objective outcome but has no defensive component like foot racing or 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 some sort of like track and field event so i'm sorry phil i appreciate the the i appreciate your feedback there but yeah, just, yeah track and field i would say tra- track and field is definitely a sport oh yeah especially yeah. i mean but there's no defensive race. component right. that's right there's no offense or defense that's well good. well there's offense there's no defense yeah i mean there's little white lines keeping you away from playing yeah, defense yeah exactly but exactly. on some of them, when they're going around and around, there's like a lot of strategy into like who's going in front of you. There's not. It's not. There's not strategy. But well, there's no strategy. defense. There's no I'm defense, not doing though. anything to prevent the offense from the other team to to perform offensively. Interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I'm with you. Anyway, right. I, I feel I've thought about this too much. Trust me. It's it's concrete, man. I've put too much time. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the weak effort. But, but, sorry, but, Phil. Never stop. bring that up again. <laughs> Worst yeah. thing Jesse's ever heard. Sorry. About so, <laughs> no. But, okay. So I do have a real slice, um, and I'll go through it pretty fast since yeah. I derailed us. Yeah, um, we're gonna have to burn through we, all of them. But, but <laughs> I had to update the catfish thing. I didn't feel like it was right to to proceed without doing that. But <laughs> Uh, America is in the midst of its next great legal battle over religious liberty. Uh, this one comes from us from Arizona, where a man named Sean Corbett, after two years of trying to convince his local DMV that his religion should be respected and that he should be able to wear <laughs> religious headgear in his license, uh, uh, his driver's license photo, he has finally got their permission. But now state legislators want him want to void his license and have it take a new picture. That's because Corbett conta- uh, contends that he is a member of the Church of the Fl- Flying Spaghetti Mos- Monster. Yes. He is a he identifies as a pastafarian and wears a noodle colander on his head. <laughs> Uh, so for two years, he tried to get his picture on his driver's license with this colander on his head. Um now that they finally had it, of course he did what any goofball does, and he starts bragging about it online. Well, the state legislator in, in Arizona did not think it was funny. They claimed that the colander interferes with their facial recognition system, but uh, uh, Corbett said that that's not the case, that he confirmed that the photo with the calendar on his head does not interfere with it. And he said, this indicates that there is no error. They are simply discriminating against my religion. He has gone ahead and got legal representation, and he's going to actually fight the state's decision uh, because he just wants to make a weird, but I, I guess somewhat valid stand that w- it, what is the role of government to determine what is a religion and and what is not one in the most ridiculous way possible. So uh, despite all of the back and forth, it's, it might actually go to court now to see if the, the state is able to say uh, with any sort of legal bearing that the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster is legit or not. I, I, I mean, he has a point. I mean, yeah, why, yeah. why, who appointed the state able to determine a religion or belief system? I mean, yeah. Yeah. he makes a completely valid point. 
Yeah, and like the other thing is too, it's it is because it's it's like the I mean in a way like the criteria for the sports thing. If you start applying hard and fast criteria to religion, that means can I can we no longer have new religions? Can we only respect ones that have been that are like the traditional ones, or is it how many people? Well, and at some point, all religions were new religions. At some yeah. point, and, yeah, there's, exactly, there's, a, exactly. there's an origin story, you know? Huh? Yeah. And so that it's it's another kind of interesting thread with these get people who are essentially trolling the legal system. Like we saw it uh, recently it. with like the Satanic Temple. Now they don't actually believe in like a supernatural entity of Satan. They just you know, but but they wanted to uh, erect these Satanic monuments on state courthouses only if those state courthouses had the Ten Commandments. There, and the thing about this method is obviously ridiculous, and it makes for funny internet stories or it's a funny picture seeing a guy with a pasta strainer on his head in a driver's license photo <laughs> but they're they're raising the point in a way that's more effective than a lot of people who study the law their whole life can uh, you know when it comes to like bringing to the courts what is religious liberty and what is not so now who knows how high this case will eventually end up going but at its core is a dude with a, a, a you know a, a piece of kitchenware on his head crazy I, yeah. I I love it. I'll let him wear it. Let him wear it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's I, making a point. Is yeah. it really hurting anyone? Well, that's, that's that's the thing. Like, because you know, because here's the thing. We I think we all know, and any person that it, 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 Cameron, like you said, like takes like that kind of reasonable stances, he's probably gonna win. Like, you either just be like, all right, fine, whatever. We're just not gonna worry about it, or you're gonna yeah. take into court and you're gonna lose to the guy with a wearing up a, a spaghetti <laughs> strainer on his head in the courtroom. You know? But you know, they always make the <laughs> argument that it's like, okay, well, if we allow this, then what else is gonna happen? You're like. Let's just wait till maybe that happens because yeah, my guess exactly. is that it's one because guy because otherwise you're going star- to lose. You know, right, right. Just let this yeah, guy. Do you don't want to lose to a guy with a spaghetti strainer on his head. Just no, yeah, it's all <laughs> good, man. You know what? No, Wear your strainer. No. You yeah. know, it's parenting one on one. You know, you just right. like my daughter refuses. She doesn't feel like it. She refuses to like pair her socks together. So I could either fight her every time she does laundry, or just let her wear mismatch socks. What difference right. does it make? Wear mismatch right. socks. Yeah, I exactly right. Choose your battles. Yeah. Yeah. Choose your battles. Anyway, so 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 we'll we'll keep an update as with this court case uh, develops. But uh, I'm with you, Sean. I, I I like that he's pushing the limits here. Seeing what see you go. see what this American ideal is really made of. There you go. All right, prop. What do you have? I have a breakthrough in science and um, biology uh, hmm. and, and Earth studies. So you know how. I feel like it's every person's bane of existence um, makes you want to walk with your hands out in front of you. If you've ever walked into a spider web, yeah. it just oh, how ridiculous we all look. But whenever you see somebody across the street flailing their arms and jumping around like that, you already know what happened. Like yep. you look ridiculous, yeah. but we all know it's normal human. It's like, oh, fool just walked to a spider web. It sucks, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's been times where I felt like, man, that spider web knows what I'm doing and mm-hmm. I feel like it's hunting me and I feel like when I try to take it off that spider knows it can't eat me so the spider is going oh this is gonna be funny dog watch 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 ah! and they're all just yeah, laughing right, yeah, right in front of the storm door yeah perfect spot yeah, yeah yeah so the spider's going you're stupid you're gonna walk into it's funny like so I've always thought and every once in a while I feel like that and the spider web knows what it's doing and that it's it's coming to get me so there's been some studies as to if that's possible. 
Um, that's that's pause for effect. Does the well, spider it, 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 web? Oh, I'm I'm hanging on your every word. Give yes. it to me. Does the spider web actually think? Does like the spider the web? web? The oh, web right? itself. No, the web itself. So there's a okay. study that's called animal cognition. And then part of that was, it's called oh. extended cognition, right? Some, some scientists say, uh, there's, 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 there's two guys that study. One name was uh, Kevin uh, Landlord, uh, La, La, Kevin Laland. Um, he's an evolutionary biologist at the University of St. Andrews. He proposed- well, I'll stop you right that- there. I don't believe him from here on out. Evolutionary <laughs> biologist, next slice, please. Yeah, New okay. Earth, next. Wait, wait, let me finish. Kidding. Let me finish. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Okay, I love it. Um, <laughs> that because of, because of certain animal sizes, they had to figure out how do we continue? Our brains can't process. So they studied, started with uh, uh, octopi. That's the plural of octopus, right? Yeah. Study with octopi. Uh-huh. And they're saying just the movement of their tentacles and the suction cups, they're like, it is too complex for a central nervous system to, system to figure that out. So they started uh-huh. saying, it's not that the brain is thinking, the arm is thinking. So this, the for the just the the intricacies of that, they realize that their cognition is actually extended. That's why it's able to do that. So they said, what if these are not the only animals or creatures that this happens in? So there was another scientist who took that thought. Um, I'm going to butcher this fool's name also, but it's a, uh, oh, his name is Hilton Japarasu. You got it. Nailed it. Got, Got it. it. Uh, collected spiders all over Brazil, right? Um, and different different species of spiders, and was trying to figure out like if this spider, if you cut the cord and a little cricket walks into it, can this spider figure out how to retract it or not retract it? And what they discovered was that there is like, get this, there is like brain cell activity inside of the silk spider web that is somehow an extension of so the spider web is actually thinking which is proof that's crazy that web's been thinking that web's trying to hunt you like the web (laughs) or it's it's an extension of the spider's brain you know so it's like almost like the spider made himself that big versus They're being a separate entity mm. thinking. Oh. Wow. But, but still, even oh. to think of a spider web that's not just like, you know, this big net that they set and don't worry about, to that that it has links to its cognitive ability is pretty crazy. When I walk into the middle of the arena and I've got my ribbon mm-hmm. and they start that music, that's how I feel about the ribbon. Like the ribbon's an extension of your body. It is. Yeah, I don't know where I end. And you're flapping begins. in the wind. Yeah. In a you beautiful found way. the joke. See, They're, that's why you're the experts. It took a second. Cameron will tidy it up, but... <laughs> How do you follow that? What do you have, Eddie? I, I mean, want to see I what you do. Si- this one isn't funny at all. And also, it's like a really long slice. So I'm just going to shorten it up and figure that people will. Uh, this is research. another mind bender. I love these because these are like the twists in one of my music videos. <laughs> yeah. Only there were like 10 more of them. Yeah. And so this the, is. It turned out that, yeah, the, the, the spider was actually dreaming through most of this. But anyway, continue, Eddie. So this was a long form article on one of my favorite sites, Mental Floss. And uh, I will. Uh, share the link to that now but here's the the basic idea of it and i encourage you to go down the wormhole of this slice at some point 
But the theory is called the Westfall theory of a unified TV universe. And they explained this theory. Here's what happened. There was a show in the 80s called St. Elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. We were, mm-hmm. I mean, boom, you. Boom, 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 boom. No, that's also a lot of the song on it. Uh... Oh. <laughs> This is almost the theme song for uh, the new activist, and then I realized I didn't want to destroy the show because <laughs> it's just it's so perky. That would be great. So, Saint Elsewhere signs off in 1988, and it was a very popular show. And like any ending of a series, there's always a bit of controversy around it, unless it's one of the great endings, like Friday Night Lights. That was just a great final episode, but you know, like Seinfeld and all that stuff. Do you remember Moonlighting? I do remember Moonlight. Bruce Willis. Uh, Bruce Willis was in Civil Shepherd. Shepherd. I saw that once and I was like eight and I thought, ooh, this is a grown up show that they watch after I go to bed. Yes, that's right. It was like a big deal. And it had that fly in, like uh, downtown LA scene at the beginning. And And there was like all sorts of like adult innuendo things. But I didn't quite get those. I didn't understand it, but I knew that I didn't. Something was going on. (laughs) Right. So they meant something else. Yeah. I don't know. What is moonlighting? Yeah, I still haven't cracked that nut. Yeah. Did you ever watch Miami Vice? Yeah, I watched Miami. Vice. Did you? Oh, it was a great show. Yeah. Miami Vice and A-Team, I think, were similar as far as like action and the whole family could enjoy them. A- A-Team is the best. Also, the greatest American hero. Remember that? About the, that like, was my uh, show. That wonky. You like greatest American hero? Oh, I loved it. I don't even know what you're talking about. There was a, I was like too busy watching an elf. I'm walking, walking on, on air. I never, never thought, thought I could feel, feel so, so free. free. But, but you, got, you guys are missing the best and I feel like a great theme song too. Is which guy Oh yeah, MacGyver theme song. MacGyver was awesome. Like Perfect Strangers. Perfect, Perfect Strangers, Strangers was my favorite theme show. song. Yeah. It, Cheers still has to be the best theme song. Family Ties. I was a big Family Ties oh, fan. Shana, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna just get to the end of this. My segment. favorite show in the '80s was Webster, though. Oh, a great one. My mom would, if I got in trouble, she'd ground me from being able to watch Webster. I had Webster <laughs> restriction. When you, when <laughs> that, that was, that was the thing that would, you to run away at home. They could from spank home me point. with a belt, and I would take that, and but and I, unfazed. But if she threatened to take away Webster, I would buckle. Oh, no, Webster is the best. I, I love Webster. Yeah, when they go, when he has that little clock that he disappears into, you think, <laughs> you think that is a life. No, what? There's a remember. There's Silver a Spoons was another one. I like Ricky Schroeder and the little train that was through the house. Like Living the dream. Oh, he had man, a race so car bed. Of their life. He had a, he had a race car bed. And I'm I, telling you, that was a good life. I was yeah. a big. I was a big TGIF fan. Hang on, Mr. Cooper. That was my jam. He was the cool. He, he coached basketball. It was Mark dude, Curry, who's hilarious. Dude, we we found out when we oh. were in Montana. One of the guys we were with, who's now a, a film producer and and works in L.A., we found out that he got his start because he wrote an episode of Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Wow. Yeah. Jonathan oh, that's, a, that's legend status right there. Yeah. Right. You, you cool. take you, 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 you put that on your tombstone, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wrote a, an episode of hanging with Mr. Cooper. It was a great, Hey, it, it, I mean, I don't know how it holds up, but I like when I was a kid, I always looking forward to, I always look forward on Friday night hanging with Mr. Cooper. Of course. Okay. So your slice. All of this comes together and is actually perfectly placed because this Westfall theory of a unified TV universe goes this way. When the sh- when St. Elsewhere signs off, there is a boy in the show and uh, and his name is Tommy, I believe. Yeah, Tommy Westfall. 
and he was a, he was the son of one of the main characters, one of the doctors on the show, and the son was somewhere on the autism spectrum. And the way that this show ends kind of freaked people out because they have this hospital, this hospital that's the main setting of St. Elsewhere, and they pull out of the hospital, not unlike Jesse's very strange treatment of uh, Propaganda's music video, right. but they pull out, right, and they look out of the hospital, and you realize that this hospital is in a snow globe, and you realize that the boy is holding the snow globe of the hospital and looking so at it. So the entire series is his imagination of what the, his, what's happening in that hospital in the so, snow globe. So the idea is that the, right, is that the entire, the entire series was in this boy's mind but what was weird was that somewhere like they did in the 80s there was a crossover episode where the doctors and the saint elsewhere show went to cheers and so they're like well if that happened then cheers was in this boy's mind anyhow there is this guy that has gone through well, well because because cheers also frazier was a spinoff of yeah, cheers. of course cheers yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. so this guy and i forget his name and it pretty much doesn't matter but i'll just get to the end of it went through and diagrammed every character connection that possibly could have happened within St. Elsewhere. But but, but you're not then, saying actor connection. You're saying no, characters no, within like this, a physical TV universe. But doesn't it end with Cheers and Frasier? No, because back, especially in the 80s, different characters and different writers would write the I feel like Woody Harrelson's character from Cheers showed up somewhere else. That's right. As Woody. Yeah. And so all of a sudden that gets looped into it. So it's kind of like in Wings or something. It's only yeah. character connections. It's like it's not like this person directed an episode and then this person directed. Yeah. It's little causal connections between character connections and... 430 something shows like, have been looped into it that they say wow. 430 all the way up to Seinfeld. What? what? Yeah, because it's like this connects to this connects to this. And well, they're saying, sense, well, they have, if, they if St. Elsewhere, well, once, if once, elsewhere was in his mind, then all of this must yeah, but, be in his but mind But he's too. saying it's not the actor showing up. It's the actual it's the character actor. showing up. Oh, see, so yeah. Woody yeah. from Cheers showing up in Wings, you got the entire uh, must see TV lineup. Right. It becomes six degrees of Gavin Bacon or whatever. Yeah, yeah but, but, but it's more impressive than that because like you, because not, I don't want the listener to get conflated because yeah, it's the, the difference between the six degrees of Kevin Bacon is that yeah. if you go to someone's IMDb page, they're in a bunch of movies as an actor or an actress, right? So if they shared screen time with someone, then they're, you know, connected to Kevin Bacon down the line because another actor may have shared screen time with someone who once shared screen time. This is different because this is like when you talk about the MC, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe or, um, you know, any of these other cinematic universes where all of the characters occupy the same reality and could run into each other and it would totally make sense. What you're saying There's a lot of theories that Pixar has Pixar done that with movies their movies. Too, yeah. Yeah. And, and exactly, that they all occupy the yeah. same Crazy. universe in different time. It may be some crossover at the same time, but like the dinosaur one is a distant future where Wally is a distant or is a different past and Wally's a diff is a distant future. So what this car, theory proposes and confuses me, but so you know. for example, there was a character who was on the show Homicide that also was in the like one of the doctors and also appeared in the X-Files and The Wire. And so it's this crazy like... Oh, okay. But, so that is just the actor appearing. No, 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 no. It's... No, like he's played the doctor. same kind of guy. Right. The writer is writing like this same person. Like they'll write it in different shows. Like if you watch, watch Aaron Sorkin stuff, yeah. like there's just everybody's sort of rehashes of the same and some of them have the same names and some of the like people that they'll talk about like let's say on the west wing are actual characters from sports night and so they all connect so the guy who connected 430 shows 
441 shows. Yeah. Does he have wow. a, a girlfriend or not? What's your bet? <laughs> he, because uh, he has a lot of time on his hands. Let's just say bologna, hand bologna sandwiches are his number one favorite dinner. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to draw a parallel here and bring him into your universe, but we need to send him a hello. He has to be either, either single yeah. or independently wealthy because if he has a, a spouse right. or a girlfriend, he clearly doesn't work. Yeah. So, yeah. Brienne, I brought this slice to Brienne last night. And she was just like not super into it, and it was like she was just like who would ha-? her response was like who would have time to do that? I was like the guys I'm going to be talking to on the show. Like oh, I'm telling all you, the time I, in the I world. know four guys who are going to be super into this slice right now. <laughs> She's yeah. facts. She, you are telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching Magnum PI and thinking those are short shorts. Yeah, there's a lot of car violence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know my favorite Night Rider. Oh, Kit. Den- yeah, Dennett. Dennett. <laughs> No, that's that was cool. I like Knight Rider. Iconic. Hey, listen, I'm a a fan of anything David Hasselhoff does, so I'm in. (laughs) You can't even say Knight Rider without starting that. Oh, that's the one. (laughs) I used to watch the Benny Hill show on my little black and white three and a half inch TV, uh, and I'd sneak it up in my bedroom and I'd watch the Billy Billy. Uh, Oddly, oddly, that theme song works for the Benny Hinn show as well. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I still long for the day. Like That's a great joke. Th- th- really like was. where where Nick <laughs> and I couldn't get into that one, man. I just felt like uh, this is this yeah. is too far. I don't get it. Yeah, it's too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did you get, did you guys ever watch Gilligan's Island? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, when I'd okay, stay home and no. watch it on repeat, no, that was too. Yeah, but but here, here's the thing about Gilligan's Island is like at some point the suspension of disbelief just went too far. When like all of a sudden like the globe trotters, yeah, were, they, like, can, crash they, land they can on the island, and they can get something. off the island, but right. but the originals can't. What about I'm like fame? these fools made mansions? Like make a boat. It's a, make a boat. Yeah, it's all exactly. great. There are plot holes that they don't even worry about in the 80s, yeah. 70s, 80s. They just gave up trying to explain it after a while. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Nostalgia. Oh, come on, man. Yeah. Just come on. Okay, yeah, here's another, okay, here's another sitcom thing I wanted to talk to you guys about that uh, that used to happen, and it's about to happen again, is when uh, when they would ha- they would change a cast member. So, like, a famous example is Vivian in Aunt Viv. Oh, yeah. In Fresh Friends. Yeah. It's like you show up one season to the next, and are, no one's acknowledging that Aunt Viv has changed. So when, when the, the woman who played the original Vivian like was no longer on the show, it's not like they wrote off her character. But she only made it like one season. Uh, yeah, yeah, two but, or but, three. But, she, she was two, two or three. Yeah. And Jazzy Jess actually acknowledged it. He was like, Aunt Viv, you look different. Yeah. Do you get a new hairstyle? <laughs> what, I remember that. As Funny. a kid watching the show, I remember the, the switch and remember thinking to myself, I bet... She, you know, the show got more popular than originally when she first signed on. She, her agent probably made her play hardball for a ma- massive raise and yeah. the producer hardline said no. She called their bluff like, oh, I'm going to walk off the show Boom. and they said, like, All right. oh, okay. New and and as Bye. a child, I'm watching this going, good for them. Yeah, they yeah. stand yeah. your ground. Roseanne was the other famous <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah Roseanne, Roseanne too. The big one for me going back to TGIF was what happened to the third Winslow child? Right. It was there for yeah. like two episodes. She that. just gone. They just act like she didn't. They didn't have a little sister. Gone. Well, the, the, the same. I remember an episode of Boy Meets World where they where the sister left. The, the same thing. They had a sister, and it was like three seasons went by. They eventually brought her back, and there was like 
one morning the a new little sister is at breakfast and one and and they make an offhanded joke like oh i haven't seen you in a while she's like oh i've just been up in my room for the last three years ha 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 and that was it it was like okay That's the writers get a free needed. pass <laughs> like, all right fine I mean, back in the day like the dick van dyke show they had their son richie he would not show up for like three or four or five seer, you know episodes in a row right and please. then they would have a family one and he'd show up and it's almost like how well who's watching richie if y'all are having this dinner party or this that whatever but but <laughs> At least he has he existed generally, yeah. There's yeah, a in general, or you know, and, and then the days were like, oh, we need to kind of reboot the franchise a little bit. It's been six, seven years, seasons now uh, that we bring in a cousin Oliver. We need a young spunky right. thing. I can Luke, get down man, with that. You bring in you bring in Leo on Growing Pains. That's right. I can get down with that. The fact that they would just swap out the same character is bizarre. Hold on, was Leo Growing Pains or was he? Uh uh, growing yeah. pains. Family yeah. ties. No, he's growing pains. Growing pains. Yeah. Who was the kid on Family Ties? They brought in a little kid on Family Ties too. Yeah, but that's the cousin Oliver move. It was like yeah, some nephew right. that came up. But they, uh, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio got to start in Growing Pains. That's right. Yeah, oh, with uh, Robin with Robin Thicke's dad. Oh, yeah. I, but but in, in, in a time when like the a whole show's premise could be like, okay, so this just shows is about there's a talking horse. Like literally that's that's Mr. the Ed. entire elevator pitch of Mr. Ed. It's a comedy because there's a horse that <laughs> he, talks. Uh, so there's this architect <laughs> and he has a lot of land and he's got a horse barn and he's got a special horse named Mr. Ed. Get this talking horse done green light uh, here's, here's here's two million dollars making the best show winner like so so on that on the spectrum of of like implausibility and weirdness it's no big deal just to switch out a character with another actor but he but what, why i wanted to bring that up is because i read some some odd news this week that i kind of love because i love that era of tv personally like it was just weird and nobody cared like continuity just did not matter like if, if it was in the same scene and, a, and dr huxable is wearing a different sweater on one of the cutbacks, no one would care. Yeah. Like literally, they had no regard for continuity. <laughs> so anyway, so the uh, we we I think we made fun of this show a, a while ago when it first came out. The Kevin James comedy Kevin Can Wait on CBS. Yes, it's it's one of like just the generic laugh track three camera shows that CBS has tons of in their primetime comedy lineup. So uh, the show on the show, uh, Kevin plays a character. Kevin James plays a character named Kevin and it centers around the relationship with his wife who on the show uh, he's been married to for 20 years. Well, evidently uh, um, she has been written off the show in the off season. So the second main character of the show didn't even get like a, a send off that she is being written off and being the character is being replaced by Leah uh, Remini who no. played his wife no on no. King of Queens. No. So, but, but okay, but here's the thing. She was a guest star last season as like, kind of like one of those uh, stunt shows yeah. where a character comes in. So she played, she didn't play like his, the characters from King of Queens, but, but, but she was just like a minor role in a past season. So now they're writing off the main wife and they've announced that she is now going to co-star in this show. What? So it's kind of a question of like, how are they going to do this? Gonna, are they somehow going to like kill his wife off in the, in the half season in, in, in between season gonna, and elevate her to the wife? It's a very he, strange scenario. Is he going to just yeah, like get weird. a job at UPS again? I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's like, same they thing. should. It's it, the same show. It, Cameron, thank you. That should happen. You, and you know what? You know what? The, the whole premise should be that we 
we've actually be seeing a foreshadow. Like, even though they look older, what we're seeing uh, is what happened before they got together. This is Better Call Saul yeah. for yeah. 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 So you don't know it's a prequel. That oh. before, before then they pull he back. became a, a UPS driver on King of Queens, he was married to this woman, and he, he was a retired cop. He met uh, his wife's character, uh, you, you know, and so, she died between season. This is a prequel, and then all of a sudden it fast forwards. Now we're in new seasons of King of Queens. So this is, this, this makes is sense. A kind of twist. I'm this makes about. sense why in King of Queens they're able to live in such a nice house, and he's just a UPS driver. <laughs> right. I know they make decent money, yeah. but 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 it's because he's got his cop pension and the UPS income, and now exactly. and he's probably collecting life insurance from the wife that's about to die. Yep, oh, I like no. it. Okay, so this and is basically better call. His wife is so gorgeous because I'm not the only guy that didn't have a cr- that had a crush on her, especially when she was on Saved by the Bell. Carry on. That's right. Oh yeah, the the, the, the summer break spinoff. Uh, like it was like a six episode arc. Yeah. No, it was more than six. I was like, who is no, she? No, it was like Summer House. Yeah, when they all they all spent the summer yeah. working out at the uh, waterfront. You know, kind of yeah, like yeah. And she club. was like the manners, the the innkeeper's daughter, daughter kind yeah. of situation. You well, know what the, always yeah. bothered me was the idea that Lisa Turtle in that show would in any way be interested in Screech. But they had to pair them all up. You can't leave I, I you can't four it. and then two left over. I understand that, but that just yeah, never and they felt. they gave him the black girl. The black girl got to get the nerd. See, I, see I'm telling you. <laughs> this is what I'm <laughs> saying. I'm saying. I mean, I think your whole point has been made. I always thought that was messed up. It's totally okay. messed up. I, yes. Can I tell you something that isn't messed up? We're just talking about continuity and yeah, just like old TV producers not just do it. caring. This, I don't even know what this episode's going to be. <laughs> what is this podcast Real quick, I got to bring something else that has bothered me forever when we're talking about TV continuity. And like I said, TV producers just not caring at all is the basketball courts in old episodes of Fresh Prince. Like him and Carlton go to Bel Air High and and there's a couple episodes where they are playing basketball. And the court isn't even a three-quarter court. It is comically small. It's a racquetball court. It is literally a racquetball court. They're playing full court, five-on-five basketball in a racquetball court. You're telling me this show was on NBC primetime. Primetime. The the budget for this show was Will Smith was on the brink of being coming becoming the biggest star movie star in the world. That's right. You couldn't rent a gym. How much extra money did it cost to construct a racquetball sized miniature basketball court? As a kid, I have a theory. Mm -hmm. They needed Will and everybody to be able to dunk. And so they had to have the rims down at seven and a half feet. And to do that and everybody be to scale, everything be to scale, you have to shrink the court proportionally as well. But it looks so much worse. I would have rather suspend my disbelief that the hoop is lowered or just shoot it from an angle. Like uh, when a player rises to dunk, just shoot him from underhead and like it's a lowered hoop. Right. It, the, the, the amount of effort that went into sk- the, your theory, yeah. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but they, they were in the script, right? I mean, you're like, you know, we're going to have to build an entire mini gym yeah, directly right. to the proportions of a seven and a half foot <laughs> basketball from scratch. That's going to cost a fortune. They're like, he needs to be able to dunk and we need to shoot it on the wide shot. So figure it out. Yep. It, it just it has baffled me all these years. Oh, classic. All right. With that. I think that's good. We I will think. wrap up. Yeah. Let's just. Yeah. Everybody. Slices. This is a story all about how. Don't front like y'all don't know this lyrics. All right, stay tuned. Up next, Hillsong United joins us. I see the world in light. I see the world in light.
listening to our next guest, Hillsong United. It's their newest single, Wonder, off their new album, Wonder. We'll get to that in a minute. This week's feature interview is brought to you by Warby Parker. Warby Parker was founded with a rebellious spirit and a lofty goal to create boutique quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point. Uh, prescription eyewear shouldn't cost you more than a plane ticket or a new iPhone. By circumventing traditional channels and engaging with customers directly through their website and retail stores, Warby Parker is able to provide high-quality, good-looking prescription eyewear at a fraction of the price. Glasses start at just $95, including the prescription lenses. And uh, for every pair of glasses sold, a pair is distributed to someone in need. There's almost a billion people worldwide that lack access to glasses, which wow. if, if they need them, it would probably make it hard to uh, get education and, and yeah. uh, get a job. So yeah. they're doing amazing work. Uh, I am personally a longtime fan and customer of Warby Parker and couldn't recommend the company more highly. Oh. Their customer service is amazing. And my favorite yeah. thing about it, though, is they do a home try-on kit for free. So uh, the other night, I was actually just thinking, like, I maybe check out some new lenses, maybe some prescription sunglasses for the summer. Went onto the website and uh, one, two, three, four, five, selected five lenses and hit submit. I put in my, you know, uh, address and they ship them to me for free. I get them for a week. I can try them on and then they give me the label to send it back and then I can choose the glasses that I want based on what they actually look like and feel like. I love Warby Parker. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I love it. So there you go. I can't really fathom not using Warby Parker to buy glasses. Uh, You can go to warbyparker.com slash relevant to order your free home try-ons today. Uh, Choose the five frames you'd like to try on, mail the frames back, then choose your favorite pairs to have your prescription added to it and order. Warby Parker makes your experience completely risk-free and free shipping all around. Remember, go to warbyparker.com slash relevant to begin your free home try-on experience today. Well, today, uh, June 9th, Hillsong United released their brand new album, Wonder, that brings together big praise anthems with heartfelt worship ballads. We uh, recently talked with the group about the new album, some of its highlights, and the inspiration behind it. Here is Hillsong United. that really kind of um, served to frame the album was just actually 1 Corinthians 13, you know, the whole thing. And and I've always, you know, that, that passage of scripture is very well known. You know, you hear it at weddings and all the rest of it. I've always kind of um, been challenged and inspired by the first part where it talks about, you know, if, if we speak with tongues of angels and, you know, know all, have a knowledge and, and prophesy, blah, 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 you know, but we don't have love. It's nothing but a... a a clanging gong, gong um, or a cymbal and if we don't have love it's, it's nothing but noise and so that's always challenged me because we make a lot of noise and we clang a lot of cymbals um, and you know the second part we know very well love is patient love is kind doesn't envy all that kind of stuff and then the third part though is one that I've never really um, I've never really dived into and the more we kind of went along this journey the more it kind of just started coming to life. I think a lot of it's got to do with, you know, I've got a three and a half year old son who I love and I love 
the way he looks at the world and it's reminded me of the way I used to look at the world and I think it reminds me of you know sometimes the imagination that we've lost um, in time and experience and just getting older and and I wanted to I wanted, my son doesn't know what's going on in the world he, he trusts me and he trusts his mom and he loves life and he makes the, the best of everything and everything he looks at is the best thing he's ever seen and I'm like man we need to live like that again like like where, when do we lose that and how do we get it back and um and I think the whole premise of faith um the whole premise of of following Jesus is a, is a realization that he opens our eyes um in a new way see the shape of your I feel like God's been revealing um, to me and especially through these songs is this idea that as long as we're here on earth we're children like our, our job is to mature and to grow and to continue to to grow but and, and to to see the world um, the way that God wants us to see it but having said that we should never lose our childlike wonder because um, at the end of the day we're children and, and when we stand face to face knowing him and being fully known then we'll see in maturity um, that actually of our lives all that mattered was love so there's a couple of songs on there that really touch on that when as you speak a hundred billion creatures catch your breath evolving in pursuit of what you So will I, um, in parenthesis, a hundred billion times. And, uh, you know, I think this, it, it's sometimes so hard for us to put a measure on God and, and uh, just the infinite nature of what he does. What I love about the song is it comes down to the last refrain. It's all about response. It's like, you've done this a hundred billion times. You've done this a hundred billion times. And so will I. Um, at the end of the day, though, the entire beauty of, of what we do is, as as believers, the relationship we have with God is one where um, it's always about the one. It's a one-on-one -on -one thing. And we can so often lose ourselves and lose our purpose and lose our identity uh, in the magnitude of the problems, in the magnitude of the crowd, in the magnitude of everything that's going on. And yet this song comes down at the very end and it says, um, it says after you know, all this different stuff, you know, you saved us and you would do it again a hundred billion times, but what measure... Um, can amount to your desire. You're the one who never leaves, the one behind. Um, and to me, that that sums up uh, how beautiful it is that for God's ability to love all eight billion people on planet Earth right now the same, He still cares intimately and infinitely about every single one of us. And I think that's something that uh, we need to remember for ourselves, but it, it should be something that's reflected in the way that we view other people. Oh, this time Like a river
That was our friends, Hillsong United. Stay tuned. Up next, Micah challenges Jason Folletta. You're listening to Halsey. The song is Bad at Love, which was, uh, interestingly, my high school nickname. hi yep. uh, The Micah Challenge is a global Christian campaign to end extreme poverty and works to mobilize Christians to end extreme poverty through changing attitudes, behavior, and policies that perpetuate injustice. We recently spoke with the group's executive director, Jason Folletta, about why climate change is such an important part of their campaign, the environment's links to poverty, and the mm. refugee crisis the Paris Climate Agreement, and how Christians can get involved. Timely interview. Here is Jason Fletta. I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the mission of the Micah Challenge to eliminate extreme poverty, but then also for a lot of people that may be unfamiliar, there is like a definite link between climate change and extreme poverty. So can you talk a little bit about the mission of the organization and how climate change plays into that? Absolutely. Um, so Micah Challenge is not the typical Christian organization that most people are familiar with when it comes to doing international work to end poverty. Um, and what I mean by not typical is that we don't actually do community development, disaster relief, or things like that. Um, however, we work closely with those folks and especially with people doing that kind of work throughout Africa, Latin America, and Asia. And Micah Challenge's unique role is that a lot of those people and pastors um, recognize that the work they do is simply not influenced by what they're able to do. It's influenced by these larger decisions and systems and structures made by governments and bodies like the UN and, and just those types of systemic decisions or policy decisions impact their ability to do things like get people food or literacy programs or maternal health programs or whatever it might be. And so Micah Challenge was sort of a result of that recognition at the same time recognizing, wow, there's this whole piece of engaging with the poor and with injustice in scripture that has to do with policy making and just challenging unjust structures that we as a church haven't really done a lot of in the last 50 years, 25 years, minus, of course, unique moments like the civil rights movement in America, some of the church's activity during apartheid in South Africa. Um, so anyway, Micah Challenge does what we define as advocacy to end extreme poverty. And so we def define advocacy as challenging ourselves, our leaders to change attitudes behaviors and policies that perpetuate injustice. And so with all that said, we really have focused on human issues. We focused on HIV and AIDS. We did a large campaign over a couple of years on the issue of corruption in government and, and that sort of thing. And we did campaigns on malaria and what you just typically think of as like human issues. And then it was a couple years ago where climate change really rose to the surface as, oh my goodness, this is a human issue. <laughs> um, and for me, it was eye-opening, like personally, I wasn't that passionate about climate change until I heard directly from a farmer in Uganda 
how difficult it was becoming to grow to grow crops, to predict when the rain would come, and how climate change was literally impacting his ability to feed his family. And so as an organization, we really prayed about it, thought through it, did a lot of research, and decided that, yeah, this is a, a really felt issue that is real and impacting millions of people's lives right now. The very same people that we have been trying to work with um, for the last, you know, 12 or 13 years. And so if we want to take seriously our mission to end extreme poverty, we have to address climate change. For a lot of people, especially in like parts of the Western world, the idea of climate change, you know, is is even for them like a bit nebulous in, in that they hear like there could be sea level rise or, you know, the, the different uh, species could be facing threat and different coastal areas are under threat. But in terms of like their day to day life, it still seems like a, a threat that's kind of hard to materialize. But you talked about a farmer in Uganda who can't actually support and feed his family. What are some of the other threats that people who are among the most vulnerable uh, are are receiving because of climate change right now? Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good question. Um, and just to point out, like one of the things that's sad to me now that I'm a part of this whole climate action movement is realizing that there has not been a whole lot of discussion or campaigning done on these very issues like climate change has been solely communicated about as a abstract thing or as a polar bear thing. And don't get me wrong. Like I love polar bears. Totally. (laughs) But I just, I've been shocked how little this information has been out there. So I'm really thankful you're asking. Yeah. Um, So some of the other just felt needs that have arisen because of climate change. Um, I talked to a water engineer from Compassion International who works in Kenya. And he's told me how they've lost three wells in the last couple of years Mm. because where they built these wells was supposed to be safe from landslides, safe from mudslides up in the hills. And because of climate change and unpredictable rain patterns and more fierce rain when it does fall, they've now had three wells washed out by mudslides. That's the kind of impact that you kind of can't see until it happens, where erratic rain patterns or droughts or whatever they may be, when rain comes, it comes really hard and does things like wash out homes, wash out wells, contaminates people's drinking water. Um, I was just recently on the phone with some of our partners in Peru, and we were talking about a, a campaign that we're working on together And while we were actually on the phone, they were facing huge landslides in Peru due to more intense and heavy rains that are attributed to climate change, um, simply because as things get hotter, more water evaporates. So there's just a whole lot more um, rain coming down because of water simply evaporating more. And they were dealing with landslides, people losing their homes, that sort of thing. so really like water and food are two of the biggest ones. Um, but migration is also another huge issue. Um, it's land that people have maybe lived on and farmed for a long time becomes unpredictable and unstable as far as generating food. People move. And with migration, there's always all kinds of 
sort of waterfall impacts of things that happen. People are more vulnerable to things. Um, I spoke with an organization that identified and that works with trafficking victims, and they identified that a number of these people who be, fell victim to labor trafficking had become victims simply because they left where they traditionally grew food for themselves in search of something better because it become too unreliable and in the end got pulled into labor trafficking. And so it's a very complex issue, climate change and how it impacts vulnerable people. Um, we don't often have the patience to learn about complexities. You know, we want to hear like a very simple problem with a very simple solution. And unfortunately, um, this is not one of those. But I guess what I have learned over the last few years of working on climate change is that this is a very, very real thing that impacts the lives of poor people, um, minorities. It impacts the lives of already vulnerable people across the world and in the United States. And I just feel this commitment and this duty to try and do whatever I can to address it. And I think that those in the church who learn the things that I've been fortunate enough to learn and see those things feel very similar. And so that gives me a lot of hope. Last week, there was obviously the big announcement that the United States would be pulling out of the Paris Climate Agreement. Uh, as someone who you know was in Paris while a lot of this was being discussed, can you talk a little bit about maybe some misconceptions that you've heard about that and just kind of maybe inform the audience of what the Paris Climate Agreement is and what the impact of pulling out of it could potentially be? So being in Paris while this was this agreement was being written and agreed to and signed was a really awesome experience. I'll, like, to be honest, it felt like something historic. It felt like, oh yeah, this is going to be a thing that people know about for generations to come. Because this is the moment when the leaders of the world come together finally to address climate change. And it felt just really, it felt really incredible to be there um, and to be a part of all of that. And so some of the misconceptions, I would say, are that anything to do with the UN and any kinds of treaties or agreements that we sign with the UN, and this is broad, not just the Paris Agreement, but there's a number of them, an arms treaty that came up a couple years ago and a few others. There's this huge misconception that the UN can legally enforce those agreements on our nation. Um, and so, for example, people thought that with the Paris Agreement that the United Nations would actually be overseeing our government and we would be paying taxes directly to the United Nations to help them solve climate change and these kinds of things. And, and that's just totally not true. That's not how it works. Um, I think another huge misconception is that there's been a lot of negative press and the president directly addressed this piece of the agreement where countries in the global north, and that refers to like countries that have already basically met, had a huge carbon footprint, um, countries that developed at the expense of the environment, have a commitment to help 
poorer nations develop differently, to do things differently, to develop renewable energy instead. And so it's um, a commitment of money from developed nations to go overseas to help other nations like keep their promise in the Paris Agreement and to therefore become more resilient. So things that the Green Climate Fund, that's where the money is being is being given and distributed from. The Green Climate Fund does things like fund irrigation systems in India to help farmers have access to water because of drought they're experiencing because of climate change. Uh, the Green Climate Fund helps train farmers in, you know, Zambia, uh, learning new farming techniques to adapt to the changing climate and become more resilient and grow different kinds of food given that climate change is happening. And so it's actually a really good program, but there's this huge misconception that it's incredibly expensive, that it's a bad deal, that the money just gets pocketed. And, you know, I don't know, people have this idea that when our nation agrees to things like this, they imagine the president throwing a black backpack full of cash out of a helicopter to a warlord. And that's just not how it goes. Um, and so, yeah, I think that is a, a big misconception, just how expensive this would be. That was one of the big talking points, like how much money our nation would have to spend helping poorer nations adapt to climate change. Um, and, and literally the concept that we could save a huge amount of money because we need it here at home by no longer keeping that commitment is sort of like saying you want to lose weight by cutting your hair. It's just not going to solve your problem. Um, and it matters whether or not the United States as the federal government of the United States is a part of this treaty. Um, because what we've seen historically is that when countries come together to try and do something big like this, the United States is kind of the tipping point for the rest of the world. Um, we saw this with the, you may remember something called the Kyoto Protocol, and that was another attempt at trying to combat climate change and, and pollution. And the fact that the United States wasn't bought into it made it really easy for other countries to say, well, if they're not doing it, we're not doing it. Um, and with climate change in particular, it's important for our nation to be a leader simply because for a long time we were the greatest emitter of CO2 emissions, but now we're the second or third, depending on who you ask. Um, but it's, it's a problem that we were very much involved in causing, um, but also we still have this standing as a nation that other people want to be on our side. Um, other countries want to do what we want to do. And so it sends a really important message. It sent a really important message uh, when the United States was a part of this and was contributing to the Green Climate Fund, which is a part of the Paris Agreement. And it likewise sends a really important message that we're not a part of it. If people want to learn more about uh, the issue, about the work of MICA Challenge, is the best place to go to micachallengeusa.org? Yeah, and if, if you specifically want to know what actions you can take, um, you can go to micachallengeusa.org slash climate. And there, there are some actions you can take. We have a pretty cool video of some of our friends like Science Mike 
and uh, William Matthews and Jonathan Martin and a few other people, Michael Gunger, um, Caitlin Beatty. And we took them to D.C. to really like have this experience of talking to members of Congress about climate change and, and urging them to take action. So we took a video of them calling their own members of Congress to show how easy it is and that it's not scary and that it's a good thing to do. Um, so if you go to that webpage, you'll see how you can participate in that. Um, there's also a link to the film we made about the Paris Climate Agreement. We filmed it at the Paris uh, Summit at the UN meeting. Um, and so that film is a really great resource. It's short, it's not heavy handed, it's not gonna condemn people. It's really just filming a handful of Christian artists uh, who, who we know and who we respect, we're filming them learning about climate change. And it's just very straightforward. And it's it's a good introductory resource if you want to show this film to friends or family or even in a church. That was Jason Fletta. Stay tuned. Up next, feedback. Listening to Radiohead. The song is I Promise from their album, OK Computer, OK, Not OK, 1997 to 2017. It is a 20 year anniversary of OK Computer. Can't believe which it. Which was my, mm. among my favorites, yeah, OK oh, Computer yeah. and Kid A. Uh, uh, Radiohead. Those are the two. Yeah, yeah. I love Those that are era. Definitely the two. Yeah. Re- and uh, they're, they're, they're basically doing a part two of OK Computer, which. Like they can, if you weren't as much a fan of their kind of bizarre stuff in the last 10 years in some, I mean, and artistically is amazing, but like yeah. maybe it wasn't the album you want to pop on and just Not like, exactly accessible. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. okay. Computer Chandler. This is them going back and kind of doing a part two. This is them. This is the new Aunt Viv. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is the first one. This is the new, the new Kevin James's wife oh, man. Of, of, of Radiohead. That's interesting. Wow. What, the, what that With means. Okay, compu- I don't know. But that does. Yeah, I, I think you got know. something. We're I was a late bloomer to. Uh, I was a late bloomer to Radiohead because you remember. You know, there was a, there was a time in your development where like black people didn't stray very far from mm-hmm. what we considered black music, and right. uh, yeah. So I was a late bloomer, and I just remember ac- accidentally stumbling upon OK Computer and being like, "What? What have I been missing?" <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what though? You know what though? Yeah. You discovering Radiohead or discovering OK Computer is like an indie kid, a hipster kid discovering Jay Dilla, you know, yes. like yeah. how did I not know this existed? Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. There you go. It's true. All right. It's time for your feedback. Before we do feedback, we do corrections and apologies. I actually would like to apologize for playing, um, uh, the dance song, uh, 57 times last week. Cause that was me. <laughs> I, I don't think I, you should apologize. I, I shouldn't. No, I called I said this, that earlier. I said you the song out loud. You played it and then you played it 49 more times. Okay. <laughs> this is your job. Great. All right. We, I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. Play it again. I thought it was funny too. All yeah. right. Uh, so it's time for your feedback. Last week, uh, we asked you uh, for your funniest accidental autocorrect story. 
Uh, we were just, I don't even know why we were talking about that, but that's the question. Yeah, either, way, either way, there were some funny responses. Yeah, there you go. You guys uh, hit us up on the podcast episode page at relevantmags.com and you also tweeted at us. There's a couple of tweets we can't read, but yeah. here yeah. are a few of our favorites. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let me just say this. There's some of these we can't read. There's one that's too funny not to, but I'm going to throw a disclaimer. So in case you got one of the little ears, you can turn it down for like 10 seconds, but um, that's not this one. So Eric Odom said, yeah. for, I guess like joking he was texting someone I hope you die which is a weird thing to text someone <laughs> but it, auto, it all worked out because yeah. he said he claims it auto corrected to I hope you dance and the recipient happened to be very inspired by the text <laughs> so that's good um, Eddie are you going to the, uh, read the young life one uh, there's no. a I don't think I can. Read that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we can read that one either. I read it too because I was like, "Oh, young oh, life." Young life. Uh, oh no, 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 no! no, no. Yeah, you, you can't. You can't yeah. ever text that to a young life yeah, kid. I don't want okay, them to be. Okay, okay. Speaking fired. of that, I'm going to read one that is borderline inappropriate. So, if you have a little ears, it's not. It's not like I'm going to swear or anything. But if you're uncomfortable with them, mute it for like 20 seconds and come back on. As a teacher, I have. Uh, they. Uh, okay, so she's a teacher. I was teaching a sixth grade uh, Christian studies class, and I signed a paper summarizing Paul's experience on one of his missionary journeys. One of the poor students filled out an entire page by asking about Paul going to reach all of the genitals instead of the Gentiles. That's funny. You know, it was hard. I can't, like, this was an interesting question because I'm done. I can't read any of the rest of it. You can't read any of them. But it was by far the most entertaining. Yeah, for us to read. Yeah, they were great. We just can't say them. So, yeah. People should go. And <laughs> you should go and, like, do a search in our timeline yeah. for Admiral yes. Podcast and then uh, check <laughs> and, that out. It's yeah. really Is funny. It, and look for the one about noon. Yeah. Just look yeah. for the one about noon. That's my favorite. Um, I don't know how this one happened real quick, that uh, his dad was texting his business partner and his phone somehow auto-corrected the name Gary to the word fart. Like, <laughs> how does that happen? Because <laughs> well, you know, you can go, by the you know, if you can get by the a teeth. friend's phone or your mom's phone or yeah. something like that, you can put in there. Yeah change this word to that word in the system settings. And so like, you know, like there's all these pranks where kids did that to their moms and, and it was, she's like freaking out because she's trying to like type their name and it like changes it to a curse word. And you know, she didn't know why it's happening. And right. So those are really funny, but dude, there's another one that I don't, (laughs) some of these I can't read. They're hilarious, but let's just say the phrase rhetorical analysis (laughs) Got cut off four letters too short. Yeah. Oh, no. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> go check out last week's feedback. Uh, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Well, earlier we were talking about TV shows for some reason. And that, of course, Jesse, yeah. you know, he's been he's been waiting 11 years for this moment <laughs> to bring up his his longtime frustration with the slightly small basketball court yeah. from the Fresh Prince Thank of LA. Goodness no, we. it's dramatically small, Cameron. I, do you need a reminder? I can send you some clips. No, I know. I it's a racquetball court, man. I'm, I know. Yeah, we got it. Uh, but we got it. Bye-bye. We got us thinking. We want to know from you uh, things from shows or movies that you saw growing up or even recently that were either they swapped out Aunt Viv or they, you know, shrunk the court or they did things that TV shows and movies did 
that you can't unsee and right. kind of ruin so the thing for you. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or, or, or Eddie's uh, Lisa and Screech thing. Right. Like, come on. That's never going to happen. Yeah, that's never Here's really another nice. example. I had to, I used to love Family Matters. It was like one of my favorite shows. The Stefan Urkel oh, sci-fi done twist. Up. Messed up. <laughs> done. I, I'm not going to believe it. He not, didn't build a, a, a machine that mutates his genes in the basement. I'm sorry. This was not a sci-fi show. Here's why, here's why <laughs> I respected it, though. It's the reverse Aunt Viv. I think the star of the show was Jamal White, right? He knew yeah, he, he knew, star, yeah. He yeah. knew that he was the guy. He comes up for contract renewal. He's like, I'm getting out of my puberty age. I don't I, I'm not a cute little dweeby nerd. I want to show them a real actor. I'm going to show my range. I want an alter ego. And <laughs> and they're like, no, that's ridiculous. And he's like, alter ego or I'm walking. And they said, fine, you're Stefan or Kyle. And I think he I think he strong armed the he, show he was the showrunners into doing it. He was pretty smooth. To like show like I can be non Urkel. Oh he yeah, was cool. Yeah. Only little piece of trivia about him and uh and Eddie and his little brother Spider. I don't know if y'all remember the episode yeah. Spider. Oh yeah. wow. Uh, so they were all related. They actually went to West Covina. They went to high school in West Covina in um, Nogales High. I played against uh, Eddie's little brother, Spider. That dude can hoop. And so can so can Steve Urkel. Them dudes can hoop. Well, well Steve Urkel right now is a sports journalist. That's his actual career. Well, this is days. all very interesting. Jaleel White. Well, good for him. I'm disappointed Propaganda. back in that era there weren't Such more Harry and the Henderson crossover episodes. I would have loved to seen it. But, Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. No, that was, that was airtight. <laughs> Nothing, nothing wrong with that. They show. have a freaking the whole sitcom is a Sasquatch that lives in the backyard. Right. It's absolutely you know? perfect. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we want to know the thing, those things that uh, TV shows and movies did that have yep. gotten on your skin. You can't unsee it and it kind of ruined the thing for you. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. You can also post yours on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Am, can I ask a cool question? Am I imagining this plot or did it really happen? Was there an episode of Harry and the Henderson where the dad got sick and Harry, the Sasquatch that is living in their backyard, had to go to work for him in disguise? <laughs> is, did that happen or am I imagining? Well, it happened in or real did, life. Or is that a spec script that I wrote for I the think show? That's a spec I can't script. remember. I think that's in your dream journal. Spec script. I think it's volume three of your dream journal that that one happened. <laughs> Many thanks to our show's sponsors for making this episode possible. Remember, uh, you can get $30 off your first week of deliveries by visiting HelloFresh.com and entering offer code RELEVANT30 when you subscribe. I would highly recommend it. Also to Warby Parker, you can head over to warbyparker.com slash relevant to order your free home try-on pairs today. Love Warby Parker. Uh, great value, great style, and they buy. They always donate a pair of glasses to someone in need when you buy a pair. So I love supporting Epic. companies that yeah, great. do great stuff, and I love that they support this show, so please go support them. Uh, many thanks to our guests for joining us. Uh, Hillsong United's new album, Wonder, is out today. Go get it. Also, thanks to Jason Folletta from Micah Challenge. You can uh, learn more about their work and get engaged at micahchallengeusa.org. Um, hey, uh, Relevant Podcast Network shows are in full swing. Sean and Equist show, uh, the Ca- Red Couch Podcast with Propaganda and Alma. Oh, so good. Uh, the new activist is in full swing now. We got two of the three here with us. We just missing Shauna. We would have had the whole network the here. The whole deal would have been like a big crossover <laughs> episode. Go over to where you. <laughs> it really would have been. Yeah. Podcast. We could have plotted it like someone else. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we have a lot more shows in the pipeline throughout the year. So stay tuned. Uh, you can find out all about the, all the shows and these shows by going over to relevantmagazine.com slash podcast. Hey, and while you're there at the site, subscribe to Relevant. You can get, uh, I think it's 25% off right now. I think we're extended the Memorial Day sale. So we love the sport and I think you'll like the magazine. On that note, we'll wrap it up. 
I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Propaganda. We'll see you next week. I cannot tell who is my friend. I need distance between me and them. Gonna have to teach me how to love you again. God knows I'm trying. God knows I'm trying for you. God knows I'm trying. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. I've seen some girls turn their back on their best friend from time I heard you say things that you can't take back, girl, no time I need you to go easy now and fix up one time I cannot tell who is my friend I need distance between me and them And they need the riot gear because every once in a while we'll catch one right in the plexiglass face and it's disgusting.